I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to spend the next three weeks looking at some, answering some very important questions, and they all go back to our origins. I mean, right now, a lot of people send off a genetic testing kit, and you find out a lot about your heritage and your ancestry, and a big reason that's important is it helps you understand who you are, and you understand then why you have freckles or why you're a certain height or a whole lot of things about yourself. Well, the same thing's true when we look at what the Bible tells us about where we came from. It explains how the world is supposed to work, and it answers some very fundamental questions. And if we don't know where we came from, we're going to draw a lot of wrong conclusions. And so three questions we're going to look at today, we're going to talk about, well, where did everything come from anyway? I mean, when I look around at the stars and the sky and, and all that's created, all the, everything around me, is it created or did it just all happen by accident? Well, the Bible says we're created, and we're going to talk about that today and why that's important. And that's in Genesis chapter 1, the opening page of the Bible. The next week, we're going to talk about where the idea of marriage and gender come from. That's in Genesis 2, the second page of the Bible. And then the third page of the Bible talks about why there's so much evil in the world. Where'd that come from? All these things are in the first three pages of the Bible. These questions are answered because it goes back to the beginning. In fact, that's what the word Genesis means. It means beginnings, our origin. And when we understand our origin, we'll understand who we are and who God is and how he wants us to relate to him a whole lot better. We have a word of prayer with me, and then we'll jump right in. Lord, I thank you for your word. It's our guide in all matters of faith and practice. Lord, it's our guide in understanding our origins, how you made us and why, and how you want us to relate to you and how. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that today you'll speak and move me out of the way, and you'll teach us some things that you've made clear about our beginnings. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Opening page of the Bible, it says this, that God created everything. Opening sentence of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. The Bible says if you're going to understand anything about God, you have to understand that God existed before anything else and he created all that is. Let me just read the first couple of verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said the, the light was, and saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, called the light day, and the darkness night, and evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. And it goes through a whole series of days in the first week. Day one, there was light. Day two, there was the atmosphere. Day three, there were seas and land and vegetation. Day four, there was sun, moon, and stars. Day five, fish and birds. Day six, animals. And then the first man and the first woman. And the Bible says that God created all of these things, everything that exists. And in a minute, I'll tell you why that's so important to you and me. It's foundational in the Bible. God, by the way, was the one who revealed this to Moses. Moses was the one who wrote all this down. The Bible tells us that Moses would meet with God and God would speak to him. And he told him, write this down. That's how we know these things. And it was so important 
that the people of God understand who God is. And so we're grateful to have this. In Genesis, at the end of the chapter, it says, God looked over everything he made and he saw it was very good. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. It was very good. And if you're wondering, well, I look around, not everything's good in the world now. Well, that's why you got to come back week three when we talk about where all the evil came from. The Bible has it all here for us at the beginnings. And it said, if you understand the beginnings, that's going to explain a lot of where we are. Because God wants us to know this. He wants us to know who he is. Now, there are a couple of things that have to be understood right out of the gate here. This account in Genesis 1 shows us that God is amazingly creative. He is amazingly creative. He does great things too marvelous to understand. Job 9.10. The heavens proclaim the glory of God and the skies display his craftsmanship. Psalm 19.1. If you ever seen a beautiful sunset and there's clouds in the sky and the sky is blue and the clouds are orange and yellow and you just look at the sunset and you go, this is magnificent. And then the sun goes down the stars come out and it takes your breath away. I mean, it's one of those things when... Uh, people come out to where I grew up in Kansas, and there's no city glow because there's no cities. <laughs> you know, hey, there's no light pollution because nobody lives here. Okay, anyway, but it's funny because you get out there and you can see the whole Milky Way. And you go, wow. Maybe you've been camping in the mountains and you've seen this too. It'll take your breath away. Or maybe you just pick up a frog and you notice all the detail and the coloring on the back of a frog. And you go, God's creativity is off scale. And it is. There's, it's amazing. Secondly, God is creator. I mean, he created all the fish and the birds. He created the animals. He created human beings, created the sun, moon, and stars. He's a creator. He's distinct from his creation and Lord over everything he's made. He's not an alien who's a lot smarter than we are and a lot more powerful than we are that came into our solar system but is still bound by all the things we're bound by. He's not. He created gravity. He created all that is. He's not bound by any of it. He's the creator, and he's Lord over all that he made. Isaiah 44, he says this, I am the Lord, and in the margin next to that, write boss. That's what that means. I'm boss over creation. I'm the Lord who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. Who was there with me when I made the earth? That's why... It's so important we understand in the beginning, God, before anything else existed, God already existed. He always has existed. And God made all that is. And because he's boss, he has, he's, he's in charge of all that he created. This is why it's so important when Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. I mean, Mark uh, recounts this for us in his gospel Jesus and his disciples were traveling from one side of the Sea of Galilee to another. And as they were traveling, Jesus was exhausted, fell asleep in the boat. A big storm came up, and the boat was getting swamped. Waves were washing into the boat. Disciples were bailing water, but they were losing ground. And they finally woke Jesus up and said, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care? We're going to drown. And here's what happened. 
When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm and the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, who is he? He's God in the flesh, the creator God of the universe. He knows where the off switch is. He made the wind and the waves. That's why that story is in there. He turns to the disciples. He says, why do you have no faith? Don't you know who I am? And when we put our faith in Jesus, we are putting our faith in the one who made all things. All the fish, all the birds, all the animals. The sun, moon, stars, the wind, the waves. Of course they obey him. He's the boss. Now, why is that important? Well, that's the life application. We can bring all of our problems to the creator God of the universe because there's no problem he can't handle. He can handle any problem that comes up with anything he's made. And he's made everything. So there's no problem that we have that he can't handle. And if that's good news to you, would you say amen? Amen. This is why we start with this. This is page one. If you're going to know God, you need to know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and everything therein. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. That's Jeremiah 32, 17. Oh, I love this. I love it that we can pray about anything. And that's why in the Bible we're told over and over again, don't worry about things. Pray about things. Take your problems to the Lord and leave them there. He can help you. He knows what to do. Well, how would he know what to do? Are you kidding? He's amazingly creative. We just talked about this. He can come up with solutions to problems. We go, Lord, there's no solution. There's no solution. There's no solution. Lord, I can't believe you're letting this happen. I can't believe you're letting this happen. And then the next day something happens and we go, oh, Lord, that's amazing. Kind of like when I used to cheer on my kids in a basketball game and they'd pull up for a three-pointer. I'd go, oh, no, oh, no, no. And they'd make it go, great shot. I mean, that's the way we do it with the Lord. Oh, Lord, this is terrible. This is terrible. Lord, why'd you let this happen? Why'd you let this happen? Why'd you let this happen? And then, and then we turn around one day and go, oh, Lord, that was really the best thing for me, wasn't it? Yeah. Will you pray about things and keep your shirt on? That's the John Schmidt translation. Okay, that would be there. But the idea here is simply that he's amazingly creative. He can see solutions we can't see. I mean, his plans are far beyond anything we could imagine. Paul said that when he wrote the Ephesians. He said, the Lord's purposes and what the Lord can do are far beyond anything you could ever ask or even dare to imagine. You're the one who paints the clouds at night. He's watching over you. That's how creative he is. And some of you needed to be reminded of that today because you're going through some hard things. Well, when we bring our problems to the Lord, we're bringing our problems to a a being whose creativity is off scale. How do we know that? Well, look at all around us. Secondly, there's no problem he can't solve. We talked about that. Listen to Isaiah 40, 28. Have you never heard? Have you never understood 
The Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak. If he gives light to the sun, he can give strength to you. He gives power to the weak. He gives strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. He made the heavens and the earth. There's nothing too hard for him. If he can give power and life to everything that lives, well, he can give strength to you and me to keep going today. If you came here today tired, oh, you came to the right place. We bring our fatigue and our problems and our worries to the Lord because he's the creator God of the universe. And he can give us life and strength because he knows how to do it. If this is encouraging to you this morning, would you say amen? amen? That's why it matters that God created everything. I mean, I would love to have been a part of that conversation with Moses when he's writing Genesis. The Bible tells us that God would speak out loud to Moses, and Moses would ask him questions. I would, wouldn't you love to have overheard that? How did everything come here? Well, Moses, just start with this. Tell him I made everything. That's a good opening line. Just reminding, remind each other of that. That's what God wants us to do. Oh, we worship the creator God. He made us. There's no problem that he can't handle. Secondly, that first chapter tells us this, that God created us in his image. Let me read you a couple more verses from Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And they will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock, the wild animals of the earth, the small animals and scurry along the ground. And so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. A couple of observations from that paragraph. First of all, God created us in his image so we can have a relationship with him. We could be like him. We have a mind and a will and emotions. We can think God's thoughts and we can feel the things he feels. The things he's passionate about, we can be passionate about. The things that bring him joy can bring us joy. The things that bring him sorrow can bring us sorrow. We can understand his thoughts. He can communicate with us. And that's why he created us, to share his love with us. Oh, it's just so wonderful. This is what the Lord says. This is Jeremiah 9, 23. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast, this is the one thing the Lord says. You can brag about this. Those who wish to boast should boast in this alone that they truly know me. He said, you want to brag about something? Brag about this. I've got a relationship with the creator God of the universe. Now, you want to brag about something, that's bragging. The Lord says, I'm okay with that. You want to tell people you got a relationship with me? Talk all you want. Bragging about your riches or your strength? Yeah, don't bother. But man, you want to boast. Boast that you know me. 
because I'm the creator of heaven and earth. Mm. And that, bragging this alone, that they know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates his unfailing love, brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and that I delight in these things. Let them brag about that. Hmm. When Jesus was asked one time, hey, what's the greatest commandment? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. I mean, we have a mind to understand God. We have emotions. We can share his passions, his joys, and his sorrows. And we even have a will. God allows us to choose. He chose to speak light, to tell light to come into existence, and it came. He created the ant with just a word. He speaks, and it comes into being. But God chose those things. He has a will, and he has purpose. And he created us that way, too. And he lets us exercise our will that we can love him or even walk away from him because he wants love to be freely given. And if we understand that he's the creator, then we understand, oh, that's why he made us this way. So we can have a relationship with him. He created us with that capacity. We're not just animals. He created all the animals. Then he created us and made us, just us, human beings in his image. We're special because we can relate to him. Secondly, God created us on purpose and for a purpose. Now, this is important. When it says this, that God created the heavens and the earth, he chose to do this. This was his purpose. He chose to make us different than all the, animal, the other animals on the planet. He chose to make us in his image. And he chose to put people in charge of what he had made. David reflected on this. He said, Psalm 8, when I look at the night sky and I see all the work of your fingers, everything we've been talking about here in creation, I see the moon and the stars you set in place. Well, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor, and you gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. You created human beings with a special place in creation. You created human beings with a job to do to take care of the rest of creation. You created human beings with the capacity to love you and know you and bring you glory. You created us on purpose. And you gave us a purpose. We're not a random collection of molecules that smash together accidentally for no purpose. We are beings that God himself created in his own image. And the Bible says if you want to understand anything about life, it starts here. In the beginning. Genesis. This is the origin. God created us in his image so we can have a relationship with him. God created us on purpose and gave us a purpose. And God created me. God created me. The Bible doesn't just say that he created things, wound up the earth, set it spinning, and then went off and said, good luck, check back with you all in a few billion years. That's not what happened. The Bible says that he created all that is and he watches over his creation. 
and that he creates each one of us. Listen to this verse from Psalm 139, or a couple of verses from Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Could you repeat this line that's highlighted here on the screen with me out loud, please? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. One more time. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important because if we don't know this, then we can be led at times by cruel things that other people say. We can be led during discouraging times to think that there is no purpose for our life. And when we look in the mirror, we go, I don't think I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't think I'm made well at all. And what breaks my heart is, is that we live in a time now where last year, for the first time in a many, many years, the life expectancy in the United States actually went down. And one of the greatest contributing factors to the decrease in life expectancy was a skyrocketing increase of suicide. I mean, if you believe there is no God, and we just came into existence because of a random smashing of atoms and molecules in outer space, and we just randomly exist until our sun that randomly exists runs out of fuel on some random date, and then we'll all just cease to exist, and that's all there is. And then life is hard, and you don't think you've been given a very good deal in this life. It's easy to get discouraged. And the scripture reminds us, though, that's not the way things are at all. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and some of you need to hear that today. God does not make junk. He loves you. He made you. He has a purpose for you. And when things go wrong in our lives, what's so great about bringing our problems to the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe not only knew how to create us, but when things have gone wrong in our lives, he knows how to recreate us. He's the one who made it possible for us to come to him and confess our sins. That's why he sent his son to come. We're going to talk a lot more about this in a couple of weeks. It's why he promises us the Holy Spirit to come in our lives to change us from the inside out and remake us. But it's so important to understand we serve the creator God of the universe. He made me. I do have purpose. He knows exactly how I'm created, and life is a gift. So I am precious to God. I am precious to God. Can we say that together? I am precious to God. Oh, man, if you know somebody who's feeling down, remind them that. Send them an email today tell them to, or a text. Get them to watch this. Remind them again, you're precious to God. And because God created me, I can trust that he knows what's best for me is another life application. Because he created me, he knows what's best for me. I mean, he made me. I mean, he wrote the manual. This is the manual. And so if we're going to understand anything about life, 
Well, the good news is we can come to God and say, well, God, you created us. How do you want us to live? Well, that's why we have your word. Lord, you've shown us how to live. Psalm 119, 73, you made me, you created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. Let's close in prayer. Okay? (laughs) I mean, that's really it. If you and I want to have success in life, if we follow God's commands, life will go as well as it can possibly go, and God will add his blessing to it. If we go off on our own, he gave us a will to choose, then we're going to invite all sorts of pain and difficulty into our lives. The older you get, the more you discover this. Has anybody else discovered that God's word is trustworthy besides me? If so, raise your hand high. Yeah. School of hard knocks. It's a real school. Tuition is awfully high. If we follow his word, oh my goodness, it's what's best for us. Now I want to give you three more thoughts this morning too as we talk about the fact of why at the beginning of the Bible it says that God is the creator of heaven and earth and why it's important to believe this. The Bible makes it clear that it is foolish not to believe that we've been created by God. It's foolish to not believe we've been created by God. Psalm 14.1, only fools say in their hearts there is no God. Now I realize I'm going against our culture completely, and there are many places in the world, there are many places in our culture, there are many places all around us where if you start talking about creation, people go, oh man, can't believe you believe in myths and fairy tales. That's all made up. There's nothing to that. No. The Bible says, no, that's, it's the other way around. And by the way, I've included it on the back side of your notes here. If you're online, you can go into the uh, notes section there, and you'll find this. There's a link to uh, two things and resources on the back page of your handout here. The Case for the Creator by Lee Strobel. He gives you some very good reasons why it's not foolish to believe there's a creator. But I'm also linking you to an article written by Eric Metaxas seven years ago on Christmas Day, seven years ago, when uh, he wrote in the uh, Wall Street Journal an article at that was entitled, Science Increasingly Makes the Case for God. And when he wrote the article, it's so funny, it skyrocketed. It's the most popular article the Wall Street Journal has ever published by far. Like five or ten times more people have ever read that article than anything else that's ever been in the Wall Street Journal. Because people are so curious about this. Because we don't talk about this. But the more we know about science... The more we learn about our universe, the more we learn about the conditions necessary for life, and this is what he goes into that article, the more we discover what a miracle it is that life exists anywhere in the universe at all. And he brings up in this article that there are so many factors that have to be in place for life to exist on our planet, that it's, it's a miracle. Our plant, we have to have a sun that generates the energy we need to live, and our planet needs to be the distance it is, 93 million miles away from the sun. Any closer, it gets too hot. All the life burns up. Any farther away, everything freezes. But not only does the planet need to be a certain distance, the planet needs to be spinning at the right rate. Goes too slow, everything's in the dark too long and all the plants die. Goes too fast, again, then there's so much wind that it destroys all the life on the surface. Not only does it have to be the right distance, not only does it have to be spinning at the right rate, but there also have to be some other factors. The fact that Jupiter is in our solar system is hugely significant. And the way it orbits 
in conjunction with the Earth. Because Jupiter is gigantic and has a massive gravitational pull. And science, the more we learn about science, the more we understand that if the gravitational pull of Jupiter wasn't out there, a thousand times the number of asteroids that hit our atmosphere would hit our, asteroid, hit our atmosphere every year. A thousand times. We'd just be a big bullseye. And then there would be all these dust clouds and everything would go into a great ice age and everything would die. Not only that, but what keeps our water circulating are the tides of the moon. The moon happens to be at just the right distance to make that happen, just the right amount to keep everything refreshed. And we have water, lots of water. And water has a unique property that when it gets colder, it doesn't become more dense. When it freezes, ice has a crystalline structure that actually makes it less dense when it freezes, which means that when things get cold, ice freezes and floats. If it was the other way around, when water froze, the ice would go to the bottom and the oceans and the lakes would freeze from the bottom up and all the fish would die. And he goes on and on. We've just gone through a few characteristics. There are almost, there are over 200 more that have to happen all the time for life to exist. And there are a whole lot of people that have looked at that and said, well, how could that all happen by accident? And it didn't. In fact, um, you can go and look at that article later, but he quotes uh, Fred Hoyle, an astronomer, the one who coined the phrase Big Bang. And he said that, Fred Hoyle said that his atheism was greatly shaken at all the developments of science that have analyzed what it takes to get life going. He later wrote that a common sense interpretation of the facts suggests that a super intellect has monkeyed with the physics as well as with the chemistry and biology in the universe. The, number, the numbers that one calculates from the facts seem to be so overwhelming as to put this conclusion almost beyond question. If you look at the universe and you look at the sky and you say, this didn't all happen by accident, you're not a fool. In fact, many, 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 many very intellectual people would tell you it's not possible any other way except that God created this. When I was studying engineering at Kansas State University after a couple of semesters of thermodynamics, I had a wonderful professor there, very brilliant man. He taught us so well. And at the end of the second semester, he said, you guys have been with me for a year now. I just want to take a moment, take a minute of privilege at the end of this class. I want to tell you, I'm not speaking as a theologian. I'm speaking to you as somebody who's devoted their life to science and understanding how things work. And I want to tell you, there's no way in the world this universe came into existence by accident. He said, I realize I'm talking things that would be heresy in a lot of parts of this university, but I, I will beg you to check the facts for yourselves and you'll see that somebody must have created us. So if you've ever wondered, am I a fool to believe this? No, the Bible says you're a fool not to. We're not here by accident. God made us. I also want to tell you, there are many people who actively oppose any discussion about this. We live in a culture like this. Same way in Paul's day when the Bible was being written, Romans 1. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth. 
by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, here we go, people have seen the earth and the sky. They've seen the same sunsets. They've seen all the stars in the heavens. They've seen how it works. They know this. They've seen everything. And through everything God made, they can clearly see the invisible qualities, his creativity and his power, his lordship over creation. They can clearly see his eternal power and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. He said this is going to happen. And a few years back, I was having lunch with a friend, and we finished lunch, and we'd been talking about this very topic, about how it's so important to believe there's a creator because then we can bring our problems to God and all these things. And a person that was sitting next to us apparently overheard the conversation. My wife would say, apparently, John, you have the loudest voice in the whole world, okay? We got to eat, and she goes, please use your inside voice. Where to rest, John? Inside voice? Okay, but... This guy overheard the conversation, so I'm walking out, and I'm thinking he's walking out with me, but he stays behind a couple minutes, and then he comes out, and I go, well, did you meet a friend? And he goes, no. It was the guy sitting at the table next to us, and he told me that he'd overheard our conversation and that I was crazy to believe that, I, that he'd been sitting with a guy who's crazy to believe that any of this is even true, that the Bible is anything more than a myth. He said, John, that guy in there just called you crazy. I go, well, not the first time. But anyway, uh, but the point was, there are many people who are going to say this. That doesn't mean that we're irrational for thinking this. This is the way it was in Paul's day. And finally, I want to remind us that we need to gently instruct those who oppose the truth. I didn't go in and go find that guy. Well, let me go find that guy. It's much better to do this. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be kind to everyone, be able to teach, be patient with difficult people, gently instruct those who oppose those oppose the truth, because perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they'll learn the truth. Then they'll come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. That's why that article was so popular in Wall Street Journal. This is why you and I need to read the Bible ourselves. It's true. God created us. He's amazingly creative. There's no problem he cannot solve, and that's why we can bring every problem to him. He created us with a purpose. He knows my name. He does not make junk. I'm precious to him, and so are you. There are good, solid reasons to believe that we are created by God, scientific reasons that would point to this. We are not fools. And I want you to know this today because this sets the stage for why God sent his son into the world to die on the cross for our sins so that everyone can come to have a right relationship with him. It started in the beginning. Will you pray with me? God, we're just running out of time. Every time I talk about this, time just evaporates on me. And Father, I just thank you for the opportunity we have to talk about your word. I thank you that your word is truth and you remind us that you are the creator God that you made me. In a moment of silence, if you haven't thanked God yet today that he created you, would you just silently thank him right now? God, thank you for creating me. Thank you for creating me in a way that I can talk to you right now. Thank you for giving me life on a planet that's exactly the right distance from the sun and spinning at the right rate and has a moon that's the right size and has the right field of gravity around it to keep all the atmosphere in place. Thank you, Lord.
Father, thank you for giving many people with very bright minds the ability to explain and discover all these things. And Father, would you remind me to give you glory every time I see a beautiful sunset, every time I appreciate your handiwork. And God, would you remind me again, there's no problem you cannot handle. Forgive me for the times when I doubt you. Thank you for your word, Lord. I give you praise. I give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.